0: If you've been hurtful to someone you care about and you want to change that about yourself, maybe the Healed Being program is right for you. Life-changing lessons and a private discussion and support group where you can be yourself, ask questions, and share whatever you want with me and others in the group. Check it out over at HealedBeing.com Life presents the toughest challenges. Every day you are faced with decisions that test your ability to express who you really want to be in this world. We're told to keep saying affirmations and keep thinking positively, but what do you do when that stuff doesn't work? Welcome to the Overwhelmed Brain, where you'll learn to make decisions that are right for you so that you can create the life you want now. Hello, this is Paul Coliani, and I want to help you learn the skill set you need to deal with life's challenges in the most emotionally intelligent way. Hopefully, I can do that. (laughs) This show consists of my personal opinions and is meant for informational purposes only. So glad you're here. Thanks for stopping by and hope to see you again next week. No, I'm going to start the show right now. I want to talk about uh, this email that came in. I want to talk about something that I haven't really um, maybe ever discussed. And it's an interesting question, and um, I've been sitting on it for a while, but I want to address it now. So I'm just going to go ahead and read this question. It's not that long. Uh, The person wrote, Hey, I'm listening to your podcast, as many people do, during the pivotal time of deciding what is going on in my relationship. My question is, do you have a specific podcast addressing people who are with someone in the music industry who is used to praise? I would think that person who is emotionally abusive could never be satisfied in a mutual relationship because a partner could never satisfy a person who needs constant validation and praise and they receive it from their fan base. Is the battle more difficult for them? I hope that makes sense. If not, let me know and I can explain in more detail and um, thanks for your work. I'll be purchasing the mean workbook. Okay. Thank you so much for sharing that and From what you described, there are a couple things going on here. Um, One, you said that this person is emotionally abusive and you'll be purchasing the workbook, which is my workbook on emotional abuse over at loveandabuse.com if anyone needs that. But the reason I brought that up is because if you're dealing with that, it's a separate issue. So you asked, is this more difficult for people who are always in the spotlight, for celebrities, for musicians? I mean, you didn't say this, but this is where I'm going with it. Um, Is it different or more difficult for them? Uh, I think the emotional abuse part is a separate thing. That's why I'm going to mention that first. They're either emotionally abusive or not. Now, could they become more emotionally abusive or could they be more emotionally abusive if they were in the spotlight all the time and they were used to getting praise? I think an ego can develop but I also think that they are already of that makeup or not. This may not be a a popular opinion, but I believe that when we build our ego, or at least build upon it or inflate it, that it's either going to show us or show others how rotten we are or how great we are (laughs) in the inside. And that's very black and white. I don't mean to be that way, but. I do believe that how we're designed, how we are manufactured from birth, how we are made up, is going to expand the more freedom we have to expand it. So that means people that gain money often gain more power and more responsibility. But some people who gain more money than others... They will either go one direction and be more charitable, be more giving and kind to others, or they can go in another direction and be more greedy and frugal and, and not wanting to give to anyone. They want to keep it all. But it really it matters how they're made up in the first place. It's like I look at a lot of things this way. If you get married, you're amplifying what the relationship already is. If you get a lot of money you're amplifying who you already are if you get a lot of fame if you get a lot of publicity who you turn into is who is already in there that's not to say that you can't change maybe celebrity and money and power and all this stuff can change someone absolutely it can but there's usually a moral compass that we are born with or we've developed as we've grown up there's often a moral compass there's often an ethical compass and we can choose to stray from that or not so there is a choice when we have more money when we have more power when we're single or dating and then we get married we have these choices that we can continue to be the people we are or we can choose to be someone else and I still come back to How we're designed, how we're manufactured, is how we're going to be, except amplified when the circumstances change and give us more money, more freedom, more power, and and so on. I will say this, however, every person is a person. Every person, for the most part, is an emotional being. Some are psychopaths, (laughs) but most people are driven by their emotions. And most people are hurt by their emotions and become happy because of their emotions or they become emotional because of certain events in their life. And some people can get money and power and then feel so happy all the time, but then they have no challenges because all the challenges they used to have aren't there anymore. Or they have new challenges because they have more stuff, which means they have more stress and they have more people in their life, which means they have more stress and they have more toxic elements in their life. There are a whole lot of variables in one's life when you get into any type of abundance. If you've never been wealthy, let's just say that you made 15000 a year, which I would not consider wealthy and <laughs> consider poverty, but you know, I'm not putting you down for that. I was there. But if you make 15000 a year and then suddenly you win $50 million, wow, that changes your life. The day is now completely different. The year, the, the rest of your life, it can be completely different. And who are you going to be from that point on? Are you going to say, well, I'm not going to quit my job. <laughs> I love it too much. I'm not going to quit. I can't imagine anyone keeping their job when they win that much money because now they can do anything they want. I'm sure it happens, but I can't imagine it happening because now they have the freedom to choose anything they want, even if it's another job. It's just now they have the freedom. There's not a necessity, the necessity is gone and when necessity is gone, we make different decisions and we have different reasons for the decisions that we make, and different motivations. I remember when I was dead broke I had zero dollars, I was married, we were both broke, we were going to the soup kitchen. Our decisions were a lot different <laughs> than they were after we got back out of debt. But back then, there was also a difference in how we viewed the world, what the perspective was of the world. And our perspective was, man, this expired food is delicious. It was wonderful, and we were grateful. We were so appreciative that the soup kitchen was giving us old bread and old meals, and we were grateful that stores would give to charities so that they would feed us. And that was our world. That was our world for a good, probably less than a year, but it was a good several months. And um, we got used to that, and we were happy we were fine it it wasn't pleasant all the time we had to get up really early stand in the line but uh, it wasn't bad it was pleasant because we didn't have any other bills (laughs) so we didn't have requirements of us we just we got into the welfare system we were taking what we could you know trying to also get back on our feet and then when we got back on our feet You know I made a promise to myself I would never be poor again because I don't want to be in that position but it wasn't like I was unhappy it was because I wanted more I wanted more for myself I wanted more to be able to share with my family and give to my family and so I made that my goal my promise to myself that I wouldn't be in that position again it was because I really prefer more options and this is what I am bringing up today is that when you have more options Who you are expands; it amplifies. And the more money you have, who you are amplifies. The more fame, the more publicity. uh, You know, if you're a celebrity, the more you have, the more of you amplifies. Now, the problem is, especially with celebrities, is that they can't have a public life. They are now limited. You'd think now their lives expand into anything they want, but Maybe they just want to go to the store without being recognized. <laughs> Maybe they just want to go to uh, an event with other people, a gathering, and just enjoy a meal with friends. And the more popular you are, the harder that is to do. And you just have to change your life. That may or may not change who you are, but um, I'm going to tie this in to this person's question is that because the problems are different then uh, how you handle those problems, how you cope, is going to determine whether you're happy or not. If you're a person who doesn't like their picture taken and you're really popular, (laughs) you're probably not going to be very happy when you go out in public when people are following you around and stopping you to get your autograph and things like that. It's going to be very difficult In fact, I've often considered this myself. As my show becomes more popular, I will eventually be recognized in public. At first, it will be exciting. (laughs) They'll say, whoa, Paul, oh my God, you're the guy that hosts that podcast. Now, fortunately, I'm on a podcast. Some people don't know what I look like. I don't mind. I don't mind that people don't know what I look like. At the same time, I wouldn't mind if somebody came up. So if you ever see me out there, that's fine. (laughs) I'm not trying to talk you out of it. But I do imagine that the more popular you get, when you become a major celebrity, when you become recognizable, that you probably want to isolate yourself more because it's very difficult to go around and just be yourself when everyone else is trying to get your attention. And it's hard to be yourself when you have all this attention. I know this doesn't apply to a lot of people listening, but it does apply to some people listening. I've actually had clients when I was doing one-on-one coaching, I've actually had celebrity clients or high-profile clients and quite honestly they're just human they're they're people just like you and me you probably already knew this but they have the same issues they have the same problems they have the same romantic issues they have the same family issues they deal with anxiety and depression and all kinds of stuff they have all the same stuff the difference is um, everyone can watch it unfold whereas Maybe uh, a minor celebrity like me can walk around, not be recognized, and not want to talk to anyone and just want to keep to myself. No one's going to care. That guy's over there. He's keeping to himself. I don't care. I don't know him. It doesn't matter. But a major celebrity, that could bring a feeling of never being left alone, always being, I don't want to say pestered, but after a while, it can feel that way. I'm, I'm sure that celebrities can feel pestered. So I'm going to wrap this up into this person's email or at least tag it back to this person's email where I think it's she she asked if the person she cares about is in the music industry is it more difficult is the battle more difficult because they need constant validation and praise I will say this a lot of the celebrities I've talked to or that I know about or I write about they're not looking for validation and praise they just to be left alone. (laughs) But then you have uh, people that may have not reached the status where they get a lot of validation and praise. And so they constantly look for it because they feel empty inside. And this is just a guess, but an educated one, that when someone feels empty inside and they are a major or minor celebrity or musician, they may seek that constant validation as making them feel like they have purpose in their life. Like as long as that validation continues and that recognition and attention continues, they don't have to visit what they feel inside. It's always an external source that is a stimulation for them. And as long as they're continuing to get that external source or that validation that you mentioned here, then they don't have opportunities to reflect and introspect and think about their life in ways because they can look at their life and say, I've got everything I need. I'm popular. I have money. I've got everything I need. So why would I be unhappy? Why should I be unhappy? I have everything. I can totally see that happening where somebody feels like they shouldn't complain and they shouldn't feel sad because they have everything they need. And this applies to all of us this applies to you and me and anyone that's listening right now we can feel like we have everything we need so we shouldn't feel sad or upset or angry we should feel grateful that's what we're told right you should feel grateful you should be appreciative you should write three things down in your notebook every day that you're grateful for and then it changes your mindset but I don't really teach that here. You you can do that for sure. I've done it before, and it does feel good to write things down that I'm grateful for. But I don't do that. I, I don't really talk about it too much because the direction I like to go is when you address what feels bad inside of you, when you reflect on that and introspect and process it and start healing from it, then you feel grateful naturally. You feel happier naturally. I look at the negativity that we haven't addressed and processed and healed from as obstacles to happiness. So You could write down a bunch of things in a notebook that say how much you're grateful about this and how happy you are about that, but if you still have that negativity going on inside of you, you still have those blockages, then whatever appreciation and happiness that you feel will only be fleeting because it's still in there. And I don't mean to bring you down with that comment. I think it's okay to have external stimuli to keep you going. I think it's okay to be distracted by the outside world if you still have stuff to process. I don't think it's okay to never process that stuff. I mean we we know of celebrities, for example, that have committed suicide and you think what? They were so happy, they were so fun and outgoing, and you'd never think that that person was depressed. What I've seen is that the most externally focused people, the people that love the attention, or at least they're always what I like to call on. If you're always on and you're always focused on making people laugh and making people happy, and just showing others in the world that you're this energized, happy person all the time, what ends up happening is that you dismiss what's going on inside of you, or at least you bypass it. And when you bypass the negativity inside you and don't address it, you might have thoughts and feelings that you haven't processed. And when you haven't processed them, those can amplify, you know, talking about things that amplify inside of you. What you have inside of you can amplify especially when there are more external things going on in your life that distract you. And when those things amplify, whatever they are, old trauma, old neglect, if you were in an abusive situation and you haven't healed from that yet, that stuff can fester in the background. And if it's not addressed, if it's not talked about, if it's not expressed, if it's not healed, at least to a point and you're constantly focused outside of you, no matter who you are, whether you're a celebrity, a musician, if you work in an office, if you work at a coffee shop, whatever, the more you are, quote, on. Active for others, but not active for yourself. Helpful toward others, but not helpful toward yourself. Compassionate for others, but not compassionate toward yourself. The more you are on for others, you are off for yourself. This is why you'll see some people just want to be isolated, just want to be alone. They don't want to turn on for others. They want to turn on for themselves. They want to be in their own space and connect with themselves. And this is why you do see some celebrities and major personalities not wanting to be in the spotlight. They don't want to be in the spotlight because they want to feel grounded. They want to connect with themselves. The way I'm going to answer this question is always deal with specific behaviors not the overall who they are, how they show up. This is something I say over at loveandabuse.com. It's important that when you're in any type of relationship, no matter who it is, that the specific behavior is called out. If you can identify it. Sometimes if they're really emotionally abusive and they're very covert about it, it's hard to identify. But you can identify how you feel. So if somebody is doing something and you feel bad because they did it or they said something to you, it's okay to say, Hey, you know, when you said that, it it made me feel, I don't know, devalued or disrespected. And I'm I'm not sure how you did that or what you said, but this is how I feel. The reason I think it's okay to say that in most relationships is because if the relationship is healthy, the other person's going to say something like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I don't, I don't want you to feel that way at all. I definitely want to figure this out. What did I say and I don't want to say that again. What did I do and I don't want to do that again. Someone who cares about you and wants the relationship to work out and wants you to be happy is going to say something like that. That's how I see a healthy response to a question or a comment like that. Like, hey, what you just said kind of hurt. Did you mean that? <laughs> did you know that hurt? That's another question I like to ask. Did you know what you just said or did hurt? That hurt me. And um, the person who cares about you is going to say, oh my God, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to hurt you. They don't have to say, oh my God, (laughs) but I do. Oh my God, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to hurt you. The other response from a slightly toxic or emotionally abusive person, or more than slightly, is going to be, well, you know, that's what I said, that's how I am, and that's too bad. They're going to say something like that. Or, you're just reading it wrong. You're just too sensitive. You don't get me at all. They might say something like that. That doesn't validate you. That invalidates you, in fact. It invalidates how you feel. Instead of even listening to what you say, they just go right into, well, you know, that's your problem, not mine. You just have to be aware that when people say that, they're not showing any love and support toward you they're more concerned about being right or not being called out or not appearing weak and when you have that that's something that you have to uh, acknowledge inside yourself well when i'm hurt and i say i'm hurt instead of supporting me and trying to figure it out with me so i'm not hurt because they care about my happiness they are defensive instead. Now, it doesn't mean that every time someone's defensive, that doesn't mean they don't care about you. I don't want you to think that. Some people are defensive because they have triggers. They, they don't know exactly how to respond. So they feel like maybe you're attacking them. They might take it the wrong way. And you might have to say, look, I'm, I'm not attacking you. I'm just saying what you just said or what you just did it felt very disrespectful to me or it felt like you didn't care about me. And so I, I wanted to address that because I don't want that between us. I want us to have a, a great relationship. And so I'm addressing this very specific thing. And this is what I'm telling this person who wrote. It's important to address the specifics. When something happens, bring it up. Because when you find out how they respond, you get to determine how healthy your relationship is because the individual acts and the individual things they say are the day-to-day minutiae that builds up and what we have to do is break down the minutiae. We have to take it apart break it apart so that we can figure out this specific behaviors that are actually making us feel bad um, maybe over and over again. It's important to know what makes you feel bad so that you can address that and like I said earlier you may not be able to pinpoint it which is why it's important to understand how you feel even if you can't pinpoint the bad behavior or the hurtful behavior whatever they did and if you can't pinpoint what they did or said which you know often we can if somebody calls you a bad name if somebody puts you down or insults you you can often pinpoint that but sometimes people are tricky (laughs) and if they're tricky We have to go with how we feel inside. So that's really my answer to this person who wrote and said, uh, is it more challenging for musicians? It can be. There's a lot of stuff that go on for celebrities that don't go on for the rest of the world. And they may be avoiding having to deal with what's really going on inside of them if they're in the public eye constantly. And if they aren't reflecting and introspecting and just digging into themselves and drilling down into what makes them unhappy or afraid or angry, then they may focus on the outside world for, like this person said, validation, attention, and praise. And um, because of that, because that exists, it can be more difficult. And this is why sometimes you hear celebrities just kind of fading away. They fade away because they don't want to have to deal with a lot of this stuff. You know, it's not the only reason, but a lot of celebrities don't like the inability to go out into public anymore because we're social creatures and if you were getting followed and every time you turned around somebody was taking your picture or wanted to take pictures with you it might be exciting at first but i think that'll wear on you after a while so i don't know if i answered your question thank you so much for writing it thank you for so much for reaching out i hope it helps we'll be right back after this There's a product that I have been using for months that I have been dying to tell you about and today is the day I want to tell you about them because I've been using them every morning. It's a, a product called Magic Mind and it's a little energy shot like this little bottle that you just take once a day or at least I take it once a day. The reason I wanted to tell you about this is because it has changed my life in two different ways. The first is how it's changing my relationship to caffeine. I drink caffeine almost daily I love iced tea and so I used to drink two full glasses and not sleep very well at night even if I drank it eight hours before bedtime caffeine just sits in my system and um, now I had this little two ounce bottle and I drink that right before I drink my tea and I don't want another glass of tea And so that has totally changed everything because now I'm no longer consuming the amount of caffeine I used to consume. So to drink half the caffeine I used to drink changed everything, which of course relates to my sleeping patterns. And because Magic Mind has an ingredient called L-theanine, it has, I just read this, I, I don't know this by heart, but I just read this. It has an amino acid that extends the absorption of caffeine. And that gives you a calmness while also keeping you alert. And because of the way it treats caffeine, the tea doesn't affect me throughout the day. It doesn't make me tired because caffeine, that's what it does to me. It actually makes me tired. It used to make me jittery and energized, but now it makes me tired. But when I drink my magic mind, it does not. I can drink my tea with the magic mind, not together, but as a separate thing. And after I drink my tea, I'm not tired or jittery. It's like the effect of caffeine has disappeared and that has changed my life. I used to go to sleep with twitchy legs. I don't know if you've ever heard this restless leg syndrome and that just doesn't happen anymore. So like I said, my life has changed. I enjoy drinking this one energy shot of Magic Mind every morning and just real quick, it's made up of 12 active ingredients designed to stimulate focus, creativity, energy, and motivation while decreasing stress, oxidation, and inflammation in the body. There's a money-back guarantee on your first purchase. I think this is a no-brainer. It's worth giving it a shot. I think it's going to change your life, so check it out over at magicmind.co, not com. It's not the com address. It's magicmind.co. Welcome back. I'm going to read you another email really quick and see if I can help this person. It's a slightly alternate direction from the last segment, but there are some similarities. So uh, I want to see if I could help her. Her name, she wants me to call her Samantha. And she said, you've probably covered this, but I didn't see any episodes on it. So my issue is I have a narcissistic mom that I live with and I'm not in a place to leave right now. I'm wondering how I can stop looking for validation through her or expecting her to be the mother I do not have. I don't feel like I'm looking for validation, but my sister does believe that I am consistently looking for it. I am honoring my boundaries and staying firm with things like saying no and not taking things personally. However, she likes to accuse us of things that aren't true, for example, stealing money and not being home long enough to meet her needs, which is basically just being in the same house. She is projecting her issues from her relationship with her ex-boyfriend onto me, and I am constantly feeling hurt because of this. I have been working on myself for the past four years to try to recover from her abuse, but I can't seem to let it go. If I could pack my family and move, I would, but I would honestly question whether or not she would be safe. My question is, how do I stop being so hurt by the things she says? Everything she says is often an attack or something laced with bad intentions. I don't know how to get to a point where I can just hear her say something and let it go away. Okay, thank you for sharing that. And um, There's one thing that you said that I can't get clarity on, which I wish I could, because you said I would pack and move my family if I could, but honestly question whether or not she would be safe. If you mean your mom, if you're not sure if your mom would be safe, I'm not sure exactly um, why that would prevent you from moving or why you think she would be unsafe. It sounds like you moved back in with her and was she in danger? You know, This is a tough one because I don't have all the information here, but I want to make sure and I say this with love and respect for you, that you're not using that as an excuse you don't want to move because she wouldn't be safe or you believe she wouldn't be safe. Does that mean she might hurt herself? Has she commented on that or is she implying that? Is she using that as a tool to manipulate you to stay because she knows that if you leave that she'll lose you or whatever? But it's possible that's what you meant. Um, But I wouldn't concentrate on that because what's happening is The narcissistic person and some emotional abusers will absolutely want you to focus on them so that you do what they want you to do that is part of the game so when you say I worry that she might not be safe that tells me that she has got you convinced that if you leave she won't be so when you're in that position You have to refocus on yourself and what is best for you and your family. Your mom is an adult. She can make her own decisions, and she is making her own decisions. And if you make your decisions based on your fear of her not making good decisions, you will never, ever make your own decisions for yourself and your family. And you take all the energy and attention and focus and love and support away from those who really matter, because your mom, she may matter to you. You know, you, you hope that she turns into the greatest mom ever, but if she's narcissistic, she won't. It's determined that most diagnosable narcissists do not turn into anything else. They just stay narcissistic. Um, I'm not saying that it's impossible. I think anything's possible, but it's pretty well known that uh, diagnosable narcissists, they typically stay narcissist. I'm just giving you a heads up that if you're looking for something different from her, you will never see it. And this is something else I want to tell you is that because you'll never see anything but probably toxic behavior from her, or at least very selfish behavior from her, you have to learn to accept that that's all you'll ever see. Because if you are ever looking for kindness, respect, care, support, if you're ever hoping that it shows up one day you will end up disappointing yourself over and over again and if you're focused on just wanting her to show up as normal or healthy you take the focus off of where it really needs to be which is on yourself and the people that you love most aside from your mom you may love her but the people that matter to you the people you have to take care of you have to focus on them and what's right for you and what's right for them that's my take on where you are so if you are saying i don't want to leave because i believe she might be in danger then she's got you exactly where she wants you if you believe she might be a danger to herself has she ever threatened suicide has she ever threatened to hurt herself because if she has i highly recommend you go over to my other podcast at loveandabuse.com And use the search field to look for the word suicide and you're gonna find an episode in there that helps you understand what you need to do if someone ever threatens to hurt themselves or kill themselves Uh, in a nutshell anyone that uh, threatens to commit suicide or hurt themselves you treat seriously and if you knew for a fact if you were 100 percent certain they were going to do it what would you do then if that happened to me if I knew it was gonna happen I'd probably call 911. I wanted to at least talk about that first and foremost because if you aren't leaving because you worry about her or have a concern for her health and safety, and she really is narcissistic and she's really manipulating you, which it sounds like she is, then she has you exactly where she wants you. And that is part of the game. If you play that game, you will never get out of that situation because she will always use your your compassion and empathy against you she will always cause you to feel guilty and that will stop you and this is something that you need to overcome inside of you you need to overcome that and I know you're asking how do I do that well the first thing is just to accept that she's not going to change this is her this is who she is the mom you want will never be there if she happens to be there one day then I'm wrong, and you have a great day with her. I don't, I'm not going to say that it's never going to happen, but it's so much easier to get through life just to accept that people are as they show up as they are so that you don't waste any time and you don't waste any energy and you don't waste your valuable love and support that you could give to other people that actually want it and will reciprocate. That's my thoughts on. When you're dealing with somebody like this. Now, the other thing is that you said your sister says that you're constantly looking for validation. You said you're honoring your boundaries and you're staying firm with things like saying no and not taking things personally. You definitely are taking things personally. You want her to show up in a different way so that uh, she sees you as more worthy, as lovable. And rightly so. You are more worthy and lovable. You are more important than she treats you. So, you can't use her as the source for your sense of worth and your sense of lovability. can't see her as that person that's going to show up and be that for you. So, I have a feeling you know that's true because of what you said here. Um, But there's also your sister saying that you're constantly looking for validation. What does that mean? Does that mean you're looking for something that isn't there in your mom? Is that what your sister means? Or do you believe you aren't lovable and worthy because your mom is not capable of showing you healthy love? Because if it's the latter, if it's your mom not being able to show you what healthy love is, then yes, you might be looking for validation from a toxic source. And if you're looking for validation from a toxic source, you will be constantly invalidated. You'll be constantly disappointed and you will feel bad over and over again. So I don't know necessarily if you're looking for validation all the time or if you're just trying to get through every moment and not take things personally, but you definitely are taking things personally because when she accuses you of things, things that aren't true, instead of going into a place inside your own mind and saying, of course she would say this. I mean this is what she says, I don't expect anything less. In fact, instead of doing that, you instead probably say things like, I wish she would just stop doing that. I wish she were different. I wish she would show up differently. I wish she would just see the truth. I wish she could see that I wasn't trying to steal from her. Anytime you have thoughts like that around a diagnosable narcissist, again, you're going to be disappointed and you're going to lengthen your own suffering. This is where acceptance comes into play, where you accept That she will never ever show up in a way that makes you feel good she's just not that type of person she's not going to pull that out suddenly after all these years it's just not going to happen so anytime you have a thought like I wish she would see this or I wish she would see the truth you need to change that thought into something like well of course she thinks that that's who she is of course, that's who she is. In fact, you need to say that uh, to yourself ahead of time, before you walk into the room. You say to yourself, okay, she's going to say something hurtful. That's who she is. Instead of saying, I hope she doesn't say something hurtful this time, because as soon as you go there, you're looking for something that will never exist. Again, if I'm wrong, great. Great. If it suddenly exists one day, if she has an enlightening moment and realizes how bad she's been hurting you, great. It's rare, but I'm sure it can happen. And if it did, I would be happy to be wrong. But it's always safer to assume that they're not going to change so that you don't continue and prolong your suffering. It's going to be hard because you may want the mom that you never had This is where self-parenting comes into play. You do want to parent yourself and treat yourself as the daughter of a healthy mom. She's not a healthy mom, from what you're describing, so you need to be your own healthy mom. You've probably heard me talk about that, just self-parenting thing, but it's important. You need to know you're lovable. You need to say, honey, my daughter, I love you, as if your own mother would say that, but a healthy version of your mom. Maybe a different version of your mom, completely. Maybe it's not that mom. It's a mom you make up in your head. But that needs to happen inside of you because what happens inside of her is not obviously loving and caring and supportive for you. So we need to get out of her drama and out of her reality because her reality is something you don't want to be intertwined or enmeshed in. You want to stay out of her reality because it's toxic. And so we step out of that by saying, of course, that's who they are. This is what I expect from them. Personally, I would just walk in the room. I mean, I'm not telling you to do this. (laughs) Personally, I would just walk in the room and say, hey, Mom, do you have any uh, questions about anything stolen? Or do you have any thoughts about me being out late? I'm just here to uh, nip it in the bud. Let's just get it out in the open. Put it on the table. That's me. I'm someone who doesn't fear conflict. <laughs> I don't mind walking into the room and saying, hey, you know, you usually blame me for something. Let's just get it out in the open now. So I'm just opening the door for you. What would you like to blame me for today? <laughs> the only reason I would, I'm not, again, I'm not suggesting that for you, but the only reason I would do that is because it takes the wind out of their sails. I don't want them to hold that over on me. I would rather hold that over on myself so that I get to keep my power. I don't want her having my power, or whoever it is. I don't want them to come up with something that puts me down, makes me feel bad. So I'm going to walk in the room and say, Hey, you know, uh, what do you think I stole today? What do you want to blame me for today? You usually blame me for something, so let's just get it out in the open. Let's just make it public. So that may not go well. I understand that. But if it doesn't go well, I just say, you know, When you start treating me better, I'll start treating you better. I won't have to do this, but you know, you blame me all the time. I would just be honest. So this is something that a conflict-welcoming person like myself uh, would do. I'm not suggesting you do that unless you want to change entirely the dynamic of your situation because you are living together. It may be difficult, but um, this whole thing is about her taking your power, and she knows how to do it. Your responses show her that your power has been lost. It shows her that she has taken your power away. Because you probably look down, you probably look sad, you probably have something to say. I mean, when you're not honoring yourself, when you're not defending yourself. She digs in, she digs deep to find what triggers you have. And I don't know if she feels good when you feel bad, but that happens Some people feel their power when they take others away. So you have to be aware that she is looking for ways to take your power. And once she finds that way, she repeats it. Oh, you stole from me again. Hey, that worked. Look at, you're sad now. This is great. You tried to defend yourself and you tried to honor yourself, but you're sad. I win. You know, the narcissist talking. You stole something from me. I know you did. I win because look at you. You're sad and you can't defend yourself. And then, what happens if I say "You stole something," but you say, "So what if I did?" I'm not telling you to say that; I'm just saying if you wanted to go in an entirely different direction that I didn't suggest that's what I would do. You may not want to do that. It may cause problems, and it may create an issue with your family and all that. um, but I really can't take crap. <laughs> I really don't want to take people's crap. I just nip it in the bud, like I said. I just put it out there and say, this is what's going to happen. I know it's going to happen, so let's just get it over with. And then I can move on with my day. Any other insults, Mom? (laughs) I'm not saying you should do this at all, but this is how I feel. and I'm not even sure if that helps you at all. Probably not. But I do know that um, they look for your responses. The narcissist will find out what... Uh, you are sensitive to and what triggers you and believe me they will dig until they find it and if you have no problem being accused and you don't mind if she looks for all those triggers and it just never bothers you you know sort of like the gray rock technique gray rock technique is when you act like a dull gray rock with no emotions if you act like a dull gray rock with no emotions uh, she will not know how to take your power because narcissists and a lot of emotionally abusive people know how to use your emotions against you They wait for your emotional response. Oh, you have a sad look on your face. Gotcha. Oh, you're a little angry. I sigh. A little micro-movement in your lips. Gotcha. Don't let them get you. I know. That's easy to say and hard to do. But, if you really want to step into your power, that means you show up as the most powerful person in the room. And when somebody tries to knock you down, you just laugh at them. It's just, it's funny to you because it's like a child trying to push down a, a brick wall. It's never going to happen. They can push and push, but it's a brick wall. It's not going anywhere. So what I'm saying is not necessarily a how-to, but I believe it's an attitude. I believe your attitude, your Um, belief in yourself, your confidence in who you are, and knowing that you are worthy, and knowing that you don't steal, and knowing that you aren't trying to do anything bad to her, it's almost like you can say, well, you can believe anything you want, but I know what's true. And you feel it inside. You feel confident when you say, I know what's true. You can believe that all you want, but I know what's true. That could be something you say, but again, Anything you say to a narcissist or someone that's really toxic, it could make your life worse, which means you have to be more prepared down the road if it happens. I go in the direction of unwavering integrity because that is important to me. That's where I feel strong in my integrity, and I feel strong in who I am in my character. I love who I am. I have earned being valued because I value others and that's not my ego talking that's just what I've chosen to believe I've earned it I've earned it therefore you trying to take it away is pointless you can't do it it's intrinsic in me it's hardwired it can't be removed if you remove it you remove the whole thing it is tough when you're dealing with certain people especially when you've known them all your life and yeah, toxic parents they can be very difficult but I want you to keep your power I don't want you to lose it to anyone and it may be difficult Um, my last comment is my first comment don't use her being unsafe if she is trying to convince you that she would be unsafe don't use that as your excuse to stay because if it really is true if you know she'd be unsafe then you have to believe that 100% and do everything you can to make her safe but you don't have to be the one to do that you should be treated with kindness and respect and you shouldn't have to deal with somebody else's toxicity toxicity you've got to focus on your own stuff and again i know it's a challenging situation but i do hope some of what i said has helped thank you so much for writing this and thank you for joining me for another episode of the overwhelmed brain we'll be right back with my thank yous and my goodbyes and my final words right after this Thank you for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. I want to thank our sponsor today, Magic Mind. Head over to magicmind.co and get the energy shot I like to take every morning and has helped me with my caffeine regulation. I love it. Magicmind.co. And I want to thank the patrons of the week. They are Monica, Brad, Holly, Angel, Crystal, Jessica, and Jamie. These are the financial backers of the show. I read new names every week, and they are in the patron program, and I am so grateful for your support. Thank you, patrons. I appreciate all of you. They found value in the show, and they decided to give back. If that's how you feel you want to give back, head over to moretob.com. You can give every month and get goodies back from the patron program, or you can give a one-time donation. Totally up to you over at moretob.com. And if you're dealing with a difficult relationship, like a couple people were in this episode, visit loveandabuse.com. Sometimes you're getting emotionally abused and you don't even know it. Sometimes you have a toxic situation and you've been in it for so long you don't realize it's toxic. You just know that you don't feel very good. And uh, Love and Abuse is the podcast I do over at loveandabuse.com that will help you understand all the behaviors going on. And if you are the difficult one, I mentioned it at the very beginning of this episode, if you're the difficult person in the relationship and you've been hurting someone you care about and you want to stop that behavior, head over to HealedBeing.com. We've got a great support group over there and I answer questions and I send you lessons every weekend and you're going to find them life changing like so many have. HealedBeing.com. And thanks to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for some of the music transitions in the overwhelmed brain. And for my final words, I'm just going to read you a nice, a wonderfully nice message that I received. And this person wrote, once again, I need to send you a thank you. You may recall that I sent you an email with many personal thoughts a couple months ago. You responded that you would mention my email on your show, so I listened for your response. The day I heard you mention my email I was in a very sad state of mind. I was on my way to see a patient and I was teary eyed due to a dilemma that I thought could end my relationship with my partner. You said that I was building wisdom. That statement resonated with me and I knew that if I could just dig a little deeper that the answer was within me. This dilemma had to do with a baby who came to stay with us daily because his mother wasn't mature enough to have a child. She's an adult, but she's not ready to give love to a little one. This little guy has squirmed right into my heart. He squeals with delight when he sees me, and he'll crawl into my home office every chance he gets during my workday. I can hear him pattering down the hall on the wood floor as he enters my office and squeals at seeing me sitting at my computer and pulls himself up to see me. It's been a long time since I've let another human being get close, except my partner who is the best and just seems to speak my language and know just what I need. Everyone else I have kept at arm's length. Self-protection has been a way of life for me and I didn't even realize it until I was holding that little one tonight. He was fussy and so tired from the day's activities and fighting sleep fiercely. So we went for a walk outside to the porch swing in the moonlight and sat down. We could hear the crickets happily singing and see the headlights from the cars across the canyon. And hear the hoot owls talking back and forth. The stars shone brightly with the glow of town in the distance. Baby looked over at me and smiled slightly then nestled in against me and settled down to sleep. This is the moment that I realized just how much I'd been protecting myself from being loved and loving back. I realized that we cannot make someone be what they want them to be or do what they want them to do. The simple act of this child looking at me with that loving smile was enough to melt my heart and bring tears to my eyes. This little child cannot yet speak, but he has spoken volumes to my heart. I will be forever grateful for the simplicity of love. You can share this on your podcast if you like. I just wanted to let you know that your timing was impeccable. Life always seems to give us just what we want when we need it. Okay, I don't know if I have permission to use your name, so I'm going to leave that out because you gave some details. But what a heartwarming story. What an inspirational story. It is probably the first time I'd ever considered having kids. (laughs) Just to know that a child can do that, give you such unconditional love. That is just a wonderful story. I don't have kids for those who don't know. Um, I didn't necessarily choose not to, but I didn't necessarily choose to. And um, the people I was with, they didn't want kids either, so it all worked out. But I am still just touched by this story, and I have worked with kids in my past. I used to go to martial arts and teach kids classes, and they are just precious. They are adorable. They are brilliant. And, of course, I have kids in my family, and they love me. They always say, hey, Uncle Paul. (laughs) I love them, too. It's so hard to think that they grow up so fast. I'm just so glad that you shared this with me so I could share it with the world. And the most important part of this to me is that you opened your heart. Because that's so hard to do for so many people. They lose something or they become fearful of other people or they don't want to let love in, so they leave it out and they close the door to possibility. And even an animal can open our heart and just allow love to come out and through us and help to ground us and help to connect with ourselves so I'm glad you shared that thank you so much and thank you for tuning in today I want to remind you to keep an open mind because this is what helps you step into your power always take steps to grow and evolve you are powerful beyond measure and above all and this is something I absolutely know to be true about you You are amazing.